Hello, and welcome to another episode of Paving the Way podcast. I'm Seth Amoa, a.k.a. Essay. I'm here with Kenny Jean-Louis, a.k.a. KJL. And today we're here with someone very special out of Gatineau, Quebec. Uh, she played ball for, uh, well, we'll talk about it in an interview. I don't get more into it. Uh, a lot of good stuff to come. Uh, Miss Catherine Treyer. Merci. Merci. Merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Je t'ai envoyé un message, puis directement, tu as, euh, as dit oui. Comme, quand on parle de basketball au Québec, il y a beaucoup de personnes qui pensent que c'est juste à Montréal. Mais il y a d'autres parties à, à Il y a d'autres villes au Québec. Exactement. Il y a d'autres villes au Québec. So, directement, j'ai pensé à, à toi, puis je t'ai envoyé un message, puis tu as directement répondu. Tu as dit oui. So, merci encore euh, d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Mais merci à vous, j'adore cette initiative, je trouve que c'est vraiment cool. Ok, merci. Ok, la, la première question, c'est euh, quand tu as, as commencé à jouer au, au, au basket? Ou je sais pas, peut-être tu as joué un sport avant, mais c'est quand tu as commencé à jouer au basket? Oui, donc j'ai commencé dès que je pouvais marcher probablement. Euh, donc moi, j'ai un grand frère qui est deux ans plus vieux que moi. Euh, j'ai toujours fait ce que mon frère faisait. Si mon frère jouait au soccer, au baseball ou au basketball, moi je voulais faire ce que mon frère faisait. J'étais vraiment, vraiment tomboy. En fait, mes parents ne m'achetaient pas vraiment de, de linge de fille. Je portais le linge de mon frère. J'avais l'air d'un petit garçon. <rire> euh, mais ouais, dès que je pouvais, dès que je pouvais marcher, j'ai commencé à jouer au basket. J'avais pas vraiment le choix parce que, euh, dans le fond, mon père a joué à l'Université d'Ottawa. Euh, il a été coach assez longtemps aussi. Euh, donc, c'est vraiment, vraiment dans ma famille. C'est ancré. C'est très fort dans nos valeurs de jouer au basket. Um, I want to know uh, where, where, so you played, I know you went to the high school, uh, Louis Riel High School, Louis, I, think, yeah. I believe. There, Louis Riel. Um, so how did you, how did you start, like, was basketball big there? And, and like, or how did you, you know, make it? Yeah, so. Yeah, so what happened is that I actually went to three high schools. Um, so I started out, um, so Louis Riel is actually on the Ottawa side. Um, and in Gatineau, so I went to a private school. It was called Saint Alexandre. Um, very close to my house, um, but you know, private school is a lot harder. Um, I didn't fit in there at all. I um, struggled a lot in school in math and sciences, and I, I like couldn't even play basketball anymore because I, I like my grades were so bad. Um, I eventually left and I went to another public school in Gatineau, and that was a bit more of a basketball school. They were called De Lille. Vikings, like they had a really good men's team. Uh, my brother actually went there too. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a really big basketball school. So that was fun. Um, but then I had to make a decision and it was either stay in Quebec, finish off. So I was in secondaire uh, quatre. Um, so either stay, finish off secondaire cinq and then go to Cégep or make the switch to Ontario Um, and at the time, there was a Cégep in Gatineau, um, Pré-U, and it was AAA, but they were just starting out, and it was not, it was not what I needed basketball-wise, and it was, wasn't really what I was looking for. It was a private Cégep. Um, the basketball wasn't great there either. The coaching wasn't where it needed to be, mm -hmm. and I knew that, yeah, for my objectives, I needed to kind of just hop over um, and make that move into Ontario, which kind of sucks because at the time in Gatineau, there was really nothing else. Like I had very limited options. Um, and for my development, it was the best choice for me to go to Louis Riel. So it's about 45 minutes away on the Ottawa side. And it's a Sparitude program, which at the time okay. we did not have in Gatineau. So now I think there's a couple of schools that have Sparitude. Mm -hmm. um, but then we had like a sports concentration 
which means you just did basketball in phys ed, but you, you didn't really have like great coaches or anything. Okay. So yeah, I actually did two years in, uh, in Ontario and then I went on to university after that. Okay. Did you think about playing, um, I know you said you went to L'Oreal and Ottawa side. Um, how about the school in Montreal? Did that ever cross your mind to come to a high school in Montreal? Not to a high school. I guess then, like, things were different. You see kids these days, like, they go to prep school, right? Um, and they're playing in all these leagues. But back then, like, switching high schools wasn't really, like, it wasn't really a thing to go to a prep school to play basketball. Um, I did go to a visit. I went to Momo um, and toured the stage up there. And I really, really liked Guillaume. Um, but then it was like, do I stay here three years? And I already, like, didn't love school. Like, I wasn't a big school person then. I ended up being a great student in university. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but um, it was like, do I want to go three years and then go on? Um, physically, I was ready. Um, I was ready to go to university right after my grade 12. So after like, basically like secondaire six. Um, but that's not, this, that's not the scenario for a lot of female athletes mm -hmm. because they haven't done weights before. They haven't done the conditioning. Physically, they're just not ready to go in there and battle against sometimes 23, 24 year olds. Yeah. Um, but for me, I knew that I was like physically ready and I just didn't want to do the extra th three years. I think a little bit of it has to do with the, my brother. Um, he was a really good basketball player, got recruited a bunch in Quebec mm -hmm. and there was a strike in Sejep the year that I was kind of like deciding. Okay. And he ended up losing all his scholarship offers because he oh. never finished Sejep. So he didn't, he was supposed to go to UCAM, I think. And because he didn't have his like stage up degree or diploma, he couldn't go. And that just made me like, kind of be like, I don't yeah. really want to go there. Like I saw how my brother like struggled in school and stage up just because like he wasn't that into school and basketball and Gatineau wasn't great. Um, so I didn't want to go down that path. We both ended up going to Ottawa U at the same time. So it worked out perfect. Um, but yeah, I guess like I was just influenced by, by my brother, the strike going on at that time. Like it was just crazy times. Okay. Okay. And just quickly, how was your experience with Team Quebec? Like, because I know, I know you play Team Quebec and I know most of the team is from Montreal. So you're the girl from Gatineau. Were you shy? <laughs> like, how was that experience? Um, I think I played so... Yeah, I did. Did you guys do ever like CP, um, Count CP. Nike? It was called like Nike Camp. So we basically for, for girls, at least we did that. Like I did that two, three years, maybe. Um, so every month or so we would drive up to Montreal or Quebec City and we'd have like a weekend long camp. And it was with all the like top level coaches in Quebec. So I started doing that when I was really young, like probably yeah. like 14. Um, so I got introduced to those girls like Early on, Naira Fields was there. Like, yeah. I got my butt kicked by Naira every every time I went up. I was like dreading it. I was like, no, Naira's gonna be there, and she's gonna like just cross us all over, and she's just so good. Um, and that's kind of how I kind of got into that, you know, Montreal crowd. Um, there were a lot of girls, a lot of girls, girls from Quebec. Now that I think about it, Quebec City, um, but like Esther um, from Montreal or Retentigny, she was there. Um, so yeah, from a, a young age, I kind of got into Uh, just knowing those girls. And then when I made Team Quebec, um, yeah, like I bonded with like Fred Fudvin, um, all those girls. It was really fun. Um, but yeah, I was really an outcast. I remember even playing not so long ago, I played on the Francophone team um, twice, actually. So we went to uh, France for the Francophone games and then Ivory Coast. 
And they all thought I was Anglophone because they didn't understand my French. They were like, your French is so different. <laughs> I was like, I promise, French is my first language. Um, but it's just so different, right? Like all across Quebec, it's funny how we all speak different. Yeah. Um, you know, basketball in Montreal is very physical, it's very different. Um, Quebec girls are like awesome shooters. Like, I don't know what like, <laughs> what? them up there. <laughs> but anyway, it was just fun to get, uh, get to know okay. all those girls. At what time? At what time did you know that you were, you were able to compete with these girls? You know, and you're like, you know what? I could compete at this level. Like, mm-hmm. I think I peaked a little late. Um, I was I was a guard my whole life, like a point guard because I was pretty short. And then I grew, like over a summer, I like couldn't even get out of bed. I was so sore. My knees were killing me, and I grew, grew, grew. And then all of a sudden, I have these guard skills, but I'm tall. Um, so I think maybe I would say growing into like sec four um that's really when like i saw a shift in my game and just like my physical ability started doing more weights then too i was really really skinny because i grew yeah. so fast yeah. um but yeah definitely like sec four and i played with like the older girls my whole life so i was kind of always like a bench player um unless i played with my group like my age group then i would be um you know probably one of the leaders but i really like i got used to kind of sitting on the bench and just like playing an upper level Okay. I'm just comparing myself to them, but I think sec four is definitely when I saw that that flip. And I was growing up in a basketball family where est-ce que tu avais un peu de pression de ton père, de ton grand frère, comme I was the backyard playing basketball, I was the game. Like. Ouais, c'est sûr que c'est difficile. Um, c'est j'avais pas, je peux pas vraiment dire que j'aimais pas le basket. Comme je pense que je m'aurais fait crucifier ou je sortais de la famille. C'est sûr comme c'était tellement, c'est tellement quelque chose qui, qui est fort dans notre famille, le basket. Mon père a fait construire un terrain de basket dans notre maison. Ils ont déménagé, donc on n'a plus le terrain. Mais euh, en 2005 ou 2006, je crois, avec mon frère, était toujours, toujours dehors avec ses amis. C'est sûr que les filles, c'est rare, là, tu ne trouves pas. Moi, mes amis, ils ne voulaient pas venir jouer dehors avec moi. Là. <rire> j'étais toujours avec mon frère, ses amis dehors. Euh, mais c'est sûr que des fois, ça ne me tentait pas. Là. J'étais comme, OK, pourquoi je suis toujours la seule fille? Ils sont où mes amis? <rire> euh, c'est juste, c'était vraiment différent. Donc, des fois, c'est sûr que je trouvais ça difficile, il y avait comme un peu trop de pression de jouer au basket, mm-hmm. um, mais en même temps, en même temps, j'aurais pas pu demander mieux, mes parents étaient, ils m'ont tellement supporté à travers les années, um, tu sais, de, de me faire changer d'école, de m'amener en Ontario, um, vraiment, ils ont, ils ont fait beaucoup de sacrifices pour moi, puis je suis vraiment very grateful for that. Yeah, okay. Um, so when, I guess when you're, when you're done, I guess finishing high school, you start getting recruited, you know, and um you're th- so were there there were a lot of schools i'm sure that were after you why do you choose to go to ottawa you well yeah yeah so the, except the fact that your father i guess went there yeah <laughs> i mean yeah exactly um it was a hard de- decision i remember thinking back and like looking at all the schools that were recruiting me and i wasn't i wasn't so keen on the u.s maybe a lot of it was based on like me being scared of like just like going to another country entirely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like I started playing, so in, yeah, so I, I think in grade 10, so quatre, I played for my coach at Ottawa, so Andy Sparks used to coach a U19 team. So as a like 15 year old, I played, actually no, I think I was sec three. So sec three, I played for him, I was 14, playing on a U19 team with a bunch of national team girls, like Michaela Riche, Kelly Ring, like bunch of Ontario like all-stars 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to know Andy there, but I was terrified. Like the English language for me, like I, I did not speak this good English until probably like first year university. Um, I like couldn't understand what he was saying half the time. Mm-hmm. My dad's Anglophone, but he never like spoke that fast and like spoke in all these basketball terms. Um, <laughs> where like Andy Sparks, my Ottawa U coach, was like a very defensive focused coach. So all the things he would come up with, I was like, I'd come home at night and cry and be like, I don't understand what this man's saying. My dad would just be like, it's okay. Like you're the youngest on the team. Just like, you know, have fun. Like you're just sitting on the bench anyway. Like, you know, it's good for your future. Um, so yeah, I got to know Andy there and I obviously like created that bond with him. Um, and then for us schools, I did write my, my SATs, but I, at the end of the day, I'm very, very competitive. And I was looking at the list of us schools and they were not big names. They were like low, like low major. Yeah, just not yeah, not major schools. And to me, I didn't know much about conferences and all that stuff. And we didn't back in the day. Like there wasn't that much like Instagram and like all that stuff available. Um, so I didn't care what conference they played in. I didn't care at all. I was I just knew they wouldn't win at the end because UConn would win. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Not interested. Like I just don't want to be mm-hmm. going somewhere where I'm gonna lose and be okay with it. That just doesn't make sense to me. So that year, Ottawa finished third at nationals. They um, they were supposed to win all year. Like they did really, really well. And then they lost. Um, but I knew I was going to a top program. I actually looked at Windsor too. Back then they were mm-hmm. they were defending champs. Um, so came down to like okay. pretty much those two. And then I decided to go to Ottawa. Just, just felt like home. Um, and I had that bond with coach. And I knew Kelly Ring because I played with her. Um, and she is by far the best teammate I've ever had. And um, how was your first couple of years like with Ottawa? Like, was it like hard at the beginning or did you start mm-hmm. right away? Like, Wait, hold on. Be- before I want to ask, um, like you said, the language was hard, right? Switching yeah. from French. So tell me, how did you, what did you do to get your, I guess, your language better? And I guess I helped you with school. So what did you do during the summer as well? Well, immersion. Honestly, just being like, as soon as I transferred to like, uh, to Ontario for school, even though it was a French school, to be real. Um, no one really spoke French there, like maybe a little like the Franco Ontarians, but a lot of people were athletes that were just going there to benefit from the sports program. So they were Anglophones coming from the West end of town. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I really learned like my first, second boyfriend, like they just spoke English. Um, so I really got to like speak the language and, and just be completely immersed in it. My parents hated it. My mom thought I was like, my French was awful <laughs> and she's a French teacher too. So she really took it to heart. Um, but yeah, just like at, you know, just being immersed in that and, uh, and at Ottawa, I had the opportunity to take classes in French. Um, so I, yeah, that was kind of like com- comforting for me. I studied mm-hmm. political science, so I had to write a lot of papers and to think about doing that in English, not sure I would have been comfortable with it my first year. Um, by the end, I did a master's at Carleton in English, so it was totally fine. Probably easier to write it in English than in French now that I think of it, because French is so, like, it can be very, very yeah. difficult sometimes, especially in, like, academia. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was one of the big things about Ottawa. It's a bilingual school. Okay. So, yeah, K- K- so Kenny's question, yeah. Yeah. Um, how was your first couple of years at Ottawa? Mm-hmm. I... I got into it, that team, like it was a group of, of vets pretty much when I got there. Um, Tatiana Hamlin was there. So Olivia's, Olivia's older sister, um, Jenna Gilbert. There were like a lot of like, you know, third, fourth, 
fifth years um, and they were really really good really experienced um, so I knew that like I knew first year would be like you know you'll find your way but you gotta wait for these people to graduate because they're like they're old like they're OGs like they're really good <laughs> um, so I yeah like I mean I fit in just fine um, I was mostly just like you know defensive player make some shots I was always pretty like athletic, I guess. I would just run the court and get passes from Kelly all day. Like it was just pretty easy. Um, didn't have to do much. Like when you have a point guard like Kelly Ring, like everything's just so easy. Mm. Um, but yeah, there was not much pressure on me. Um, I was lucky enough to have played for Andy before. So I kind of knew his system a little bit defensively. Like he's a forced buff guy, like a bit of like the Carlton mentality. Um, so, I mean, it made it a little easier for me to adapt because I had played for him before. Um, and then for three, like literally for my grade 10, 11, 12, I literally just fourth left all the time. So that really helped me transition into that system. And as you guys know, probably like you can't play basketball if you don't play defense, like at the university level, you can be an amazing like scorer. But um, if your coach really cares about defense, like yeah. it's pretty much the first thing, like they won't put you on because that's often where you'll see like the biggest disparity between like the first years and the fifth years is like yeah. they don't understand rotations. Um, you know, or just like one-on-one -on -one defense. Um, so I was lucky enough that like I had been prepped for that a bit. And yeah, I ended up having a pretty good season. First year, second year. Um, I think I was on the all-rookie team my first year for Ontario. And then second year got injured in February or January. So I played like most of the season, had a good year again, broke my hand, blocking a shot. Um, <laughs> very unfortunate. Um, and then my third year, I actually sat off the whole year because I tore my head flexor. So oh. third year was a write-off. <laughs> okay. So how, yeah. was it, how was it coming back from an injury or your hand? And then Yeah, it was tough. It was yeah. tough because I don't know if you guys have ever, like, broken any bones before, but you feel, after a little bit, you feel like it's fine. Like, it, okay. it hurts, and then you're like, okay, and then, like, a couple weeks go by, and you're like, everything's normal again. But it's just, like, slowly, slowly rebuilding, and then, like, the x-ray would show that, like, it's still broken. Um, it really takes like six, eight, you know, more, like so many weeks. So I felt like I could play and we were really close to making like a really good playoff run that year. I would just spend like all practice taping my hand and like showing it off to my like trainer and being like, can I play now? Like, I'm good. <laughs> She's like, no, like, sit down. Um, so that was hard. It was probably the first time I had to deal with like a real injury, I guess. Um, and then my third year was even harder because it was a write-off. Like I literally found out in November that, my hip flexor was like pretty much all gone like it was just torn yeah. um and I had been so long that um it just went undiagnosed basically for a long time um it happened in August and I played through it but you know sporadically um and then I found out I had to sit out the whole year and it, that was hard because that kind of took away my identity as a basketball player my coach asked me not to come to practice anymore because he couldn't oh. stand to watch me sit on the sidelines and work out like even though I was doing like some stuff, he was like, no, like just leave and come to the games. Oh. Um, so taking like, yeah, that was a little hard looking back. Like mm -hmm. he kind of took that away from me. And like my, my teammates were my family and I was living with my best friend and teammate at the time. So at least I had like that support, but then I would never like see my family. Like I didn't see them every day. So that made it really hard. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I, I did other things that year. I got a job. I'd never worked you know, a day in my life. Like I worked camps and um, little things, but I never had like a real job. So I got like these jobs and I got to go to Morocco and do um, a trip uh, and study 
um, do some courses there. I actually kind of caught up on my courses mm -hmm. uh, so that I could graduate in four years. So it kind of became this like master plan of like, yeah. I'm going to graduate in four years <laughs> instead of yeah. five because I don't want to be spending this much money every year for my undergrad when yeah. I know I have to do a master's. Mm -hmm. um, so it actually worked out okay. But yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, probably hardest year of my life until now. My uncle, my godfather got really sick that year too. Um, unfortunately, ended up passing away. And it was, it was a lot of things. Like I, basketball was taken away from me. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, as you guys know, like that's where we release our emotions a lot of the yeah. time. And that competitive drive, that's really good for just like every day. Um, but yeah, I got yeah. through it. Everyone has to go through yeah. something like that at some point. Um, and for me, it was my third year, definitely. So like, um, do, when I guess what, so you took a year off? Like yeah, I completely? had to redshirt that whole year, yeah. Okay, so when you took a year off, I guess, because I, I find it kind of odd. So you weren't able to go to the practices, so you're not part of the team? or I was on the bench during games. Okay. But I was not traveling, and uh -huh. I was not at practice, yeah. Oh, no, that's, that's rough. Yeah. You, and I, can't, I don't blame, yeah, I don't blame my coach because, mm. to be honest, I was injured, and then I think Kelly Ring was also injured that year, too. Oh. And that's just tough, watching, like, two of your best players just sitting hanging out and <laughs> knowing that they're not going to be back anytime soon. Okay. I kind of get it now, but obviously like he, he could have just let me be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 Puis comme t'es grande, puis ça, t'as des guard skills et tout. Comme moi, je me demande, OK, t'as développé ça depuis que t'es jeune. Puis je me demande, est-ce que les coachs, est-ce qu'ils voulaient toujours te mettre dans le poste vu que t'es grande ou comme... Comment ça ouais. marche? Ben, c'est une des parts que j'avais, honnêtement, en allant aux États-Unis. Puis je pense que le coach de Tawa, il est très fort. Euh, il mettait ça dans ma tête un peu. Il était comme, moi, je te connais, fait que je, je vais pas te mettre dans le poste, non, non, non. Euh, versus si tu vas aux États-Unis, j'entendais des histoires d'autres de, grandes gardes qui étaient là-bas mm -hmm. qui s'étaient fait mettre dans le poste. Puis c'est pas ma game. Comme je peux poster up des petites gardes parce qu'elles sont moins fortes puis plus petites, euh, mais je veux absolument pas poster up des grandes grosses filles. C'est pas, pas ma game partout. J'aime mieux aller direct au panier qu'être derrière au panier. Euh, okay. Puis c'est sûr qu'il a utilisé ça à son avantage. Euh, il m'a recruté, il m'a très bien recruté. Il savait que j'étais à l'aise avec lui et que lui, il me mettrait pas vraiment dans le poste. Euh, mais à Cantine, quand je suis allée à Cantine aussi, on a, on a pris avantage de la grandeur qu'on avait sur l'équipe. On avait, je pense, quatre filles sur cinq sur le terrain qui étaient au-dessus de 5-11. Euh, c'est sûr que j'allais souvent des mismatchs dans le poste. Puis écoute, j'ai appris un ou deux post-moves, puis je faisais le même post-move à chaque fois, puis ça fonctionnait. T'sais. Soit 75% du temps. Euh, mais non, je savais que c'était pas vraiment dans mon intérêt euh, de me rapprocher de la clé plus que ça. <rire> <rire> ok, mais euh, tu as parlé de Carlton, mais pourquoi tu as décidé d'aller à Carlton exactement? Yeah, and how did you? Like, I guess when you took that year off, what made you say, I oh, know I'm coming back? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it, it was kind of the perfect timing for that injury, I think in a lot of ways because I was starting to hate basketball. Like I had, you know, just broken my hand in the previous season. And then like that year, I'm like, I'm also injured, like this sucks. Um, and like things weren't going great on the team. We had a lot of injuries and a lot of uh, like a big turnaround every year. I would see a lot of teammates quit, not transfer, quit. Um, and that's always hard. Like as 
as a basketball player, as an athlete, as a friend, to see your friend just quit basketball because they mm -hmm. don't like it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was hard. Um, we, from, I think from the first year I was there to the last year I was there, we had like an unreal number of girls that had just quit basketball because it's not what they were looking for. You know, they had whatever decisions they made. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was an intense program. Like Ottawa is a tough school, tough coach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not for everyone. But instead of transferring, like those girls just, just left it. Like yeah. they just left the game. Um, and I was kind of getting to that point. Honestly, I was really overwhelmed. Like there was a lot of things, a lot of, just a lot of factors. Um, but taking that year off really made me realize I loved basketball and I really missed it because obviously you don't notice how much you love something until it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, uh, it was a really great learning curve for me. Um, and then I was like, hey, I have not played this year. So I can get that year back and then I can graduate next year. And then I have to do a master's. So either I do it at Ottawa or I do it somewhere else. And a master's in my field in poli sci is two years. Mm -hmm. So it worked out really perfectly because then I took that year off and then I had three years left to play and I could pick where I wanted to do my master's. Um, and to lead to your question, like I applied to a few schools overseas. Um, so at that point I was dating Tommy. So Tommy Scrub is my husband. Um, and we met my second year. And um, obviously seeing like what he's been doing overseas, like I was like, it's great that he's playing overseas. Like I wanna have that life one day, like I wanna play overseas. And um, I did look abroad, maybe I could like study and play at the same time. Um, so I applied to a few schools overseas. And then I also applied to Carleton in Ottawa because we're in the capital. There's no better place to study politics. Like that's mm -hmm. my field, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm not, I wouldn't go anywhere else in Canada really. Um, so yeah, I got into those two schools. And then at the end, honestly, Carleton had um, a lot more money to give. They had, I got a really, really big scholarship, something that I never would have had at Ottawa because Ottawa is just different in the way that they hand out scholarships. Okay. Um, I had a job at Carleton, I was a TA and I had all my school paid for and more. Um, and then I also just looked at the basketball program, obviously, and I was like, man, like they have a team of veterans, like they had, so at the opposite of kind of what I had at Ottawa, they had a solid group of girls that had stayed there. Obviously girls quit along the way, right? Yeah. But they had at least like a core group of like six to eight girls that had been there for a number of years. And when you look at a championship winning team, usually it's girls with experience. Mm -hmm. um, whereas at Ottawa, again, my competitive self, I was like, I want to win. Like I'm tired of losing every year. It's, it's a deception <laughs> because we are so good, yeah. but then people get injured or people quit. And it's hard because I just, I just didn't see it at the end. I was like, where can I win a championship? Obviously Carlton, like it was a core group of players made it really appealing to have that offer. Mm -hmm. Had Ottawa given me that much money, it would have been a completely different uh, decision, yeah. I think, but it made it a little easier. And it was hard. It was hard to switch to Carlton. Like okay. no one, leaves Ottawa for Carlton, people from Carlton leave to go to Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. But um, the fact that your dad went to your Ottawa, your brother went to your Ottawa, I played there one year and I know how big is the rivalry <laughs> between Carlton and, and Ottawa U. So how was that changed? Like your, your dad didn't say, oh, don't come back yeah. to, my, to my house if you, <laughs> you, you go to Carlton. Like how was, yeah. how was that? Terrifying, <laughs> totally terrifying. And, and a lot of people like to blame Tommy and he could totally be the blame. Um, <laughs> it's totally fine. He was gone by the time I got there. Um, but 
yeah, like I think even when I got out of high school, Taffy Charles, who was the coach at that point, didn't even recruit me because he knew I was sold to Ottawa U. He knew he didn't have a chance. Um, But then I reached out to him one day. I was like, listen, I got got into Carlton. Like, I'm actually considering this. And he was like, what? Like, let's go meet right now. Like, let's go have coffee. Um, And I, I was struggling internally, like so hard, like so really almost like heartbreaking. It was like a breakup with a school that I had grown up to love and it was my home. I, I know the school by heart. I know every hallway, like I grew up in that gym from the moment I was tall enough to stand. Um, so it was really hard to leave. Um, but in the end, you know, like talk to Willie, Willie did the switch from Ottawa to Carlton. Um, you know, talk to other players as well. Kelly Ring at the time also left. She left to go to Ryerson. Um, so it made it a little easier. Um, in the end, I was like, can we just all be friends? <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I don't want to, like, it's not because I don't love one school or whatnot. It's not because I have bad blood with anyone. I just want to be this, like, dual citizen of Ottawa. Like, can mm-hmm. I just be both? Um, so, yeah, it was definitely really tough. But once I kind of, like, laid it out there, people were, like, shocked. Okay. But also, like, accepted it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, everything's history. Like, I'm on good terms with everyone at Ottawa. So, good um i want to know do you, have, do you have a little message for any players out there that i guess went through injury and have to take a year off and so it's, it's really hard to come back after that you know after a whole year of basketball off so especially at that that stage in your life you know yeah. so like do you, do you have any message for any players that i guess they, they think oh if i come back i might not be the same player or you know might just i guess be down yeah i mean do other things <laughs> like that's the easiest yeah. thing yeah. don't try to like push your body to play basketball when you clearly can't um your body's communicating to you that you need to take a break um and it took me long enough to figure that out and yeah take the break and do something else um for me it was i actually because it was my hip flexor so basically your hip flexor your psoas goes all through your core so i had no more core control i could i was i'd be like sitting down and i couldn't lift my left leg Um, because I had there was like nothing connecting the two (laughs) Um, so I had to do a lot of like yoga which got me into what I do now Um, and I tried yoga for the first time and it really like blew my mind away Um, I was this competitive person and I'd go into these classes and I was I want to do these handstands and all these things but I was like so like I was not flexible at all I was I was Honestly, probably that injury was the best thing that happened to me because my body was so prone to injuries. Um, so yeah, just try something else. Like get a job. I got a job. Um, keep training, obviously, and and you'll realize soon enough if you want to play basketball, basketball or not, and if you want to put the work in or not. Um, but just realize that there's other things in life and basketball, and we're all connected through basketball in some way. We all love it, and we all want to keep, you know, basketball in our lives in some way, coaching, playing, or whatever. Um, but that'll always be there. Yeah. But then you also have to think about what you're going to do after. Mm-hmm. And that kind of exactly. really, my third year was really that moment where I was like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Um, and I got into yoga, didn't really think I would do this um, later on like I am now. But I also really got into humanitarian work. That led me to going to Morocco, working in the humanitarian field there, working at the UN for refugees. Um, all of these things that I never would have, realized probably had I have not taken that time off from basketball because I was mm-hmm. for so many years just like overloaded with basketball um, day and day and night right um, you guys know you know how many hours we spend on the court as varsity athletes and all that so um yeah it's not uh I think it's a great time for like self-development just do something else 
and see what's out there. And also if you love basketball and you want to commit to it and keep playing, like you will get back to it. Um, I was a better player my fourth year when I came back. I think I was first or second in scoring in the OUA. And my shooting percentages were up, even though I took basically like eight months off. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did, yeah. I mean, it's crazy what happens when you just kind of let go of your expectations just for a little bit and reassess your goals. Yeah, sure. Well said. And um, do you have a message to maybe people who want to transfer for good reason? Like you said, you did a master. And I know sometimes it's better to take a master to another school. So do you have, do you have a message to like people who want to transfer, but maybe they are scared or how their teammates going to, how they're going to feel, parents or friends? Like, Yeah. So I actually saw this really good quote on a Lululemon bag one day. Um, and it said, do one thing a day that scares you. Take, you know, that's kind of how I live my life these days. I keep putting myself in like very scary situations Um, and I like going to Carlton, like taking that step and doing my yoga teacher training, like all these things, um, they are terrifying. Um, But if there's something in your head that's, that keeps coming back, you're like, okay, I'm thinking about doing masters or somewhere else or of transferring for whatever reason, that thought is just going to get bigger in your head if you keep ignoring it. Um, so I would just say, like, face it head on. Um, whenever you're going to go into job interviews and they're going to ask you, like, what are challenges that you overcame? That's a challenge. Like, you put yourself in a super awkward position of leaving your school because either, either you were unhappy or you didn't feel that fulfilled or you thought that you could do something better elsewhere. Um, you know, don't be scared. Just do it. And, and honestly, like, even if you, like, you're, you're just, like, really scared, à la fin, tu dois faire quelque chose que, que t'aimes, puis you have to do what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Puis, euh, puis euh, c'était comment ton l'année que vous avez été undefeated? How was that year? You guys went undefeated, didn't lose any mm-hmm. game, and you guys won the national championship. How was that year? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think heading into my fourth year at Carlton, my first year at Carlton, I was I kind of got it, like went right in there expecting like I need to win a championship either this year or next. Um, and we all expected it to be our, like my first year there. Like we were, we all felt like we were ready. Um, but really we got to nationals. We lost to McGill. Um, and uh, you could tell, we, you could tell we were a bunch of, you know, newbies at nationals. I had been to nationals um, twice before with Ottawa, hadn't made it very far no one else on my team at Carlton had gone to nationals ever. And they were fourth and fifth years, or actually they were all third or fourth years. Um, so just, I think at the end, like you could just tell the experience wasn't there. Like we just like cracked under the, the pressure. So then the following year, like, oh my gosh, it was like, it's like the last dance. It's like from the moment we got into practice, like right away, it was like, it has to be a national championship this year. But for us, it like really, really had to be like, it was our last year. Like, I think we graduated six players. Um, So every day, day in, day out, we like, we killed ourselves. And Carlton is a very, very tough program, very tough coach, very tough, everything. Like, you know, bruises, broken bones, all that stuff. Like Taffy Charles is very old school. Um, And um, even if you're injured, like you better play through it. Um, But, you know, that was just the expectation and that's just the Carlton mentality. Um, It's very very different than other programs so yeah we just like worked so hard that year and it was so amazing to just finally 
beat McGill. Like we were down in the first quarter. I think I rewatched it during, you know, this pandemic and we were down like something crazy in the first quarter, like 20 to two or something. And we came back and we won um, on a, you know, awful buzzer, um, buzzer beater. But I mean, it was just amazing to win uh, because it really felt like everything came together, together, all the pieces, everything we'd worked for all year, all those meetings, all those, <laughs> those times that like our coach like lost it. Um, I mean, it made it so worth it to win. It was an um, unbelievable feeling. You're the one who made the buzzer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really ugly bank. Yeah, I remember. Jeez, oh man, that's that's crazy. During the timeout, like the the play was for you because I, I watched yeah. it, and then at last second you took the ball and then you drove. Yeah, no, it was for me. Um, my timing was a little off. Like I, I think yeah. I got it up there a little, a few seconds before the buzzer actually went up. But uh, no, it was for me. But it was so funny. Taffy said like. After that, he's like, I've seen her attempt that shot like a hundred times in practice and it never goes in. <laughs> <laughs> and when then that time, basketball gods. Wow. Um, so after Carlton, you guys went you guys went undefeated that year too, right? So yeah. So after yeah. um what were your what were your plans after Carlton? Did you know what you wanted to do after during your year or like was it after? So right after Carlton, I actually headed off like a few weeks, I think maybe like a week or two after. Um, I headed off to Australia with uh, the development team. So I played on the, the Commonwealth Games team. Okay. Um, so I had, like, had like, no break. I was like, right away, okay, you're going to Australia. And I was, like, it was amazing. It was such a fun experience. Um, but I, honestly, I, looking back, um, I was kind of in a low after my season, even though we won. And that felt amazing. Um, my stats were not great that year. I had a pretty tough year, um, statistically speaking. I think on that, you know, we went undefeated and we had no all Canadians because oh. basically all five starters, I'd say four of the five starters were within like one or two points uh, different average. Like we all averaged like 11, 10, 10 oh, points. Okay. It was like so close. And that just, you guys know how it works. Like there's just, that's not all Canadian numbers. Yeah. Um, even though like we were clearly like the best team, but because then that meant like you can't stop one player. You literally have to stop everyone because everyone's scoring a bunch. Um, but yeah, like statistically it was hard for me because then I went from like scoring like, maybe 16 points a game to like 10.4. Um, and I, I wanted to go play pro. Um, obviously Tommy's had been doing it and I saw that lifestyle and I was like, that's like what I want to do. I want to keep playing. Um, but to my big surprise, no one really came knocking at my door. Um, and it was a hard reality, like, all right, like women's basketball, especially in Canada, that's how it works. Like you kind of have to be um, your own agent and you have to go knocking on doors. Um, so I got a highlight tape. I did that. I contacted whoever I could. Um, and in the end, honestly, it wasn't really the offers I was getting was not really what I was looking for. Um, again, I've, talked about how competitive I am and for me to go to a lower division um practice yeah. two three times a week and have cooking class on Wednesday wasn't really what I was looking for oh. <laughs> um and yeah that's like an offer I actually got wow. so it, it just wasn't what I was looking for um and I said you know what I'm just gonna go to Italy that's where Tommy was playing at the time and I'm gonna train my butt off and if I can find a team there then perfect if not then at least I'll be in good shape <laughs> so I did that um, couldn't play in Italy. I don't have a European passport. That kind of hurts me in the end as well. Um, and then somehow 
uh, got onto the three-on-three team in the summer. Um, so I had been training, like literally, like I think the curse of being married to a professional basketball player is that I'm, I'm in great shape. Like I'm so competitive. So anytime he works out, I want to work out. Um, so at least I worked on my fitness. I worked on my, uh, my basketball skills. Like I was in the gym. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, like it was hard to, to train without having like an end goal. Like I didn't know what was coming up. And then they announced three, three on three as a new Olympic sport, and Canada made their own team. Um, and then I reached out to some of the girls because I had played with one um, in Australia and at the Fichu games the year before. And they actually needed a sub because one of the, one of our best players got injured. So I like convinced them that somehow I could be a great basketball, three on three basketball player, even though I had never played three on three in my life. <laughs> and uh, there you go. Next thing you know, I'm on a plane to France um, and I played three tournaments with them. And it was, you know, that's my new love now. I think three on three is, is such an amazing game. And it's, it's, really what I like to do because I'm really aggressive um, and I have a really fast first step. So um, I don't have lots of fancy moves, but if I get by you, like good luck trying to keep up. Um, And I'm also a pretty good defender all around. um, And that's what you need in three on three, right? You need those tweeners um, that can defend all positions uh, and that can shoot threes because threes are worth so much. So I actually like fell in love with that game. It was so much fun. Um, obviously was looking forward to playing again this summer, but who knows what's going to happen <laughs> right now, right? J'ai, so. j'ai, vu, j'ai vu, vous avez gagné beaucoup de tournois. Hein? Combien de tournois vous avez gagné au total? Parce que, on dirait à chaque mm-hmm. semaine, je regarde ton Instagram, tu avais une médaille, tu une médaille d'or, oui. first place, first place. Il oui. hey, y a combien de euh, tournois tu en tues? Comment ça marche, c'est que FIBA a créé une ligue pour l'été. Donc, euh, similaire à la, la Ligue des hommes, je pense qu'eux, ça s'appelle comme le World Tour ou le World Series. Um, donc, c'est ça. Pour le, les femmes, c'était le Women's Series. Uh, la différence, c'est que les hommes gagnent beaucoup, beaucoup d'argent s'ils gagnent. Donc, nous, à la fin, on a gagné quatre tournois sur... Euh, je pense que c'était comme huit tournois au total qu'on a fait, ou sept tournois, sur quatre sur sept. Euh, puis on a, on a compté combien d'argent on aurait gagné si on était payé comme les hommes. Euh, puis on aurait gagné comme 450 000, quelque chose de risqué. Parce qu'il y a beaucoup, beaucoup d'argent dans le 3 contre 3. Puis les hommes, ça fait juste plus longtemps qu'ils jouent. Euh, donc ils ont vraiment ils ont des accords avec euh, des sponsors euh, depuis des années. Euh, puis c'est ça, là, c'est ça qui rapporte l'argent. Là. Euh, donc c'est super cool. On espère qu'éventuellement, avec les femmes, on va venir, euh, on va arriver à ça aussi. Euh, mais j'étais vraiment, c'était vraiment une une expérience incroyable. On a, on a commencé, tout le monde n'avait jamais joué. Là, on, on a joué à 3 contre 3 un peu dans nos pratiques euh, ici. Puis là, c'est des bons drills que les coachs essaient, nous, nous, nous font faire. Mais, mais la game comme telle, c'est tellement différent. Là. C'est, c'est 10 minutes non-stop. Euh, ils appellent vraiment pas de faute. <rire> ils en appellent comme 3 au total. Euh, c'est vraiment, vraiment physique. Puis c'est juste, c'est extrêmement rapide. Là. C'est le cardio, là, moi, je me disais, ah, c'est 10 minutes, ça va pas être super que ça. Euh, essaie de jouer 10 minutes non-stop, constamment en train de courir comme ça, et de côté, et sauter. Et en plus, il fait 40 degrés dehors parce que c'est la canicule en France. Là. C'est incroyable comment les conditions sont difficiles. Euh, mais c'est, c'est, c'est incroyable quand c'est le fun aussi. Là. C'est, vraiment, c'est vraiment un sport que j'aime, que j'aime vraiment. Que je suis contente d'avoir été d'avoir fait partie de cette équipe-là, parce que je dis qu'on est un peu les pioneers euh, pour les femmes. On espère euh, inspirer les plus jeunes, les plus jeunes filles à jouer euh, au 3 contre 3 pour que ça puisse grandir dans le pays. Euh, long story short, on ne s'est pas rendu au tournoi de qualification des Olympiques parce que même si on a fini deuxième dans la Ligue, on a battu la France 
qui, eux, se sont qualifiés, euh, on n'avait pas la participation au niveau national. Donc, c'était basé sur le 100, oh. les 100 meilleures joueuses. Mais je ne sais même pas s'il y en avait 100 au Canada. Parce qu'on n'a pas d'événement 3 contre 3. Moi, dans oh. l'été au complet, j'ai fait un événement à McGill. Euh, il était supposé avoir un tournoi à Ottawa, mais ça a été annulé parce qu'il n'y avait pas assez euh, de participation. Donc, en fond, c'est vraiment basé sur ton, ton niveau de jeu au niveau national. Puis ensuite, là, tes joueurs à l'international, ils gagnent beaucoup de points. Mais euh, on ne s'est pas rendu euh, au tournoi qui était supposé avoir lieu en mars. Euh, mais là, on ne sait pas qu ce qui va arriver dans le futur. Euh, c'est sûr que là, tout est repoussé. Euh, la Russie s'est automatiquement qualifiée. Eux, ils n'ont plus le droit de jouer pour l'heure mmh. de sort. Mm -hmm. euh, à, cause de, à cause de tout ce qui est arrivé. Là. Wow. Fait que c'est sûr qu'on peut rêver que peut-être que la Russie va être obligée de drop out et que peut-être qu'il y aura une place au tournoi de qualification pour le Canada, mais encore le... c'est tellement, euh, tellement difficile, mais oui, on a vraiment, vraiment bien fait. On était comme pour eux, on était unstoppable parce qu'on avait deux filles de 6-4 qui pouvaient dribbler, puis shooter, puis défendre. Comment t'arrêtes comment ça? Puis tu penses, tu penses jouer euh, combien de temps encore dans les 3 contre 3? Est-ce que tu penses que tu vas jouer encore longtemps ou? Je pense que, honnêtement, je ne sais pas avec le Canada comment... Honnêtement, le, le Basketball Canada n'avait même pas un plan pour le 3 contre 3 l'été passé, donc on était self-funded. Euh, on a payé tous nos voyages nous-mêmes et tout. Eux, ils nous ont juste fourni des jerseys. <rire> um, donc, c'est sûr que éventuellement ils vont avoir un plan. Donc, j'imagine qu'ils vont avoir des camps de formation des trucs comme ça. Who knows if I'll be a part of that. Um, mais c'est sûr que je vais continuer de jouer l'été. Il y a des tournois, comme je t'ai dit, au niveau national. Uh, Red Bull fait un tournoi chaque année aussi. On a joué l'été passé. Euh, donc, il y a beaucoup d'opportunités de jouer l'été. Euh, puis moi, je trouve, ça, je, je trouve que c'est vraiment le fun, surtout si tu peux gagner de l'argent comme « why not mm ». -hmm. Euh, cette année, j'ai eu la chance de jouer au Luxembourg. Donc, mon frère, comme tu le sais, habite au Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. euh, puis, il joue pour une équipe là-bas. Eux, ils étaient en division 2. L'équipe des femmes est en division 1. Euh, donc, eux, ils avaient le droit à trois imports. Euh, donc, dans le fond, ils m'ont demandé de venir jouer. Ils ont payé pour que j'aille jouer juste cette semaine. Et <rire> que je manquais comme toutes les pratiques. J'arrivais le vendredi, j'avais une pratique le vendredi soir puis je jouais un ou deux matchs à la semaine. Euh, donc, j'ai pu vraiment avoir l'expérience de jouer pro, parce que le Luxembourg, même si le niveau, je dirais, le niveau au niveau national, c'est pas très fort, comme ça se compare pas vraiment aux meilleures équipes U-Sports. Euh, euh, au moins, les imports sont incroyables. Comme on avait des, il y avait des filles qui, qui scoraient 50 points par game, puis qui jouaient dans la WNBA, puis parce que la, le Luxembourg a beaucoup, c'est un pays très riche, qui a beaucoup d'argent à donner. Euh, fait juste de vivre cette expérience-là, de pouvoir jouer puis d'avoir l'expérience de jouer pro, euh, c'était vraiment cool. C'est sûr que euh, aussi longtemps que Tommy va jouer en Europe, ben moi j'aurai toujours cette opportunité-là de, de jouer s'il y a des équipes dans, dans le coin. C'est euh, ça, comme je dis, à chaque fois que j'essaie de, de me détacher du basketball, il y a toujours quelque chose qui me ramène. <rire> euh, le troisième fois, j'aurais jamais vu du souvenir de ma vie. Là, euh, mais why not, tu sais, puis c'est vraiment, c'est une cool, c'est une cool opportunité. Yeah. Um, so, um, I want to know, during this time right now, that's everything that's going on with the pandemic, well, what are you doing right now to stay uh, active, stay in shape, you know, and get yeah. getting ready? Yeah. We haven't, so we really, like, we've been, we haven't played basketball in so long. Like, it, oh, we're going crazy. Yeah, we've yeah. been looking at building a court in the backyard now. So we're trying to see if we can get some discounts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's obviously, like, it's it's tough. I got back, so actually I went to Bali in February. So I spent a month in Bali, and I did my teacher training there for yoga. Mm -hmm. So when they announced that three-on-three, -three, like, basically Canada would make it to the qualifiers, I said, okay, well. Why am I training my butt off? I went to China in November with um, 
like a pro-am team. So it was like a Canadian American team that went to China and played against the Chinese national team. So basically I got paid to go to China, play for a week. Cool. And then that's when they announced it. And I was like, okay, I kind of need a break. Like I've been training nonstop. And now you literally just crushed my soul and told me that I can't go to the Olympics. Um, So definitely very, very hard when you like, we really, we really thought we had a good shot and we were one of the best teams there. So I said, why not? I'm going to go to Bali, um, do my intensive 200 hour training. Um, And now that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been using this time to obviously train. We have a bunch of weights downstairs and do cardio and all that stuff. But um, I've been teaching yoga. Um, I think I've been teaching actually the Vanier team on Tuesday nights. Um, Some really good friends with Diana Ross and um, she's, uh, she's gotten her girls to sign on and do a class because why not try something new right now? Why not take care of our bodies? Because as athletes, we know we have all those bumps and bruises that we probably never, you know, we're like, my shoulder really hurts, but like, I'm not going to stop playing. Well, right now you kind of have to stop playing. So um, why not try to do something else for your body? That's going to help your mobility, your flexibility in the long run. And in turn, like, I think, yoga is a great injury prevention tool um, yeah. for me tremendously helped me like I think I was <laughs> when I started doing yoga I couldn't touch my toes like it was yeah. so bad um, and now even Tommy's been doing it with me and and he's really into it so that yeah, I've kind of been you know because we can't really coach right now it's hard yeah. um, I usually like to coach in the summer and um, so why not just try to try to teach yoga and get kids uh, to do something with their bodies right now in these weird times okay I'm not I'm not gonna lie I saw you on live and I tried for like two, three minutes and I said, you know what? I'm not flexible, so I stopped. <laughs> I know, well, you got to join. It takes a long time, but trust me, you'll get there. Uh, when's your, when, when, uh, do, you do, do you do a lot of live uh, yoga? So I don't, I actually don't run them on live. Instagram's just a little too weird. Like, mm. you know, it would cut you off and all that stuff. So I yeah. do it on Zoom. Okay. Um, so I have a link in my bio. You can sign up for my newsletter. And actually, I'm teaching like three, four classes a week. Um, oh, okay. So yeah, oh, sign up. Okay. Right. Definitely put that in the comment. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, so I want to play a little game with you. It's called Start Bench Cut. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you three three things. You gotta either start, bench, or cut. Okay. okay. So one of them is um, being able to go to Ottawa U, which I guess it's a family tradition, you know, being able to go where your parents, uh, your dad went and your brother went. So there, um, winning at Carlton National. Nationals, going undefeated and winning and playing and being able to play for represent your country in the three on three. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. Uh, that's a really hard one. I would say start would definitely be winning a national championship. Okay. Um, I know what you're trying to get to here. Um, I gotta say bench going to Ottawa and then no, I would say bench, bench three on three, and then cut Ottawa. Although I have to say, I still think that everything leads you to where you are. So mm-hmm. had I have not gone to Ottawa, I probably wouldn't have made it everywhere else. Okay, yeah, that's true. Um, and but in terms of like the fun experience, like you can't compare yeah. wearing your jersey, like your Canadian jersey, and that's then winning true. a championship. Like 
so yeah. hard. But yeah. Ottawa's still my family. Like, <laughs> my family forever. <laughs> and can you name me your all-time starting five from PG to center? Like women's basketball? Like all-time? Yeah, no, 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 basketball that you play with. That you played with. With Okay, that I played with. Um, Kelly Ring, point guard. Um, Heather Lindsay, post. Okay. Becky as Becky LeBlanc as um, a four, um, me at the three. Okay. And then two, I guess I could put in some national team athletes in there, right? I forgot about <laughs> them. Uh, <laughs> two, I would put, oh, now I am trying to add the people. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, you can't put me on the spot like this. No, no, five. Okay, wait. No, five. No. Let, 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 let her pick what it is. Yeah. There's one more. Okay, 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 okay. As a two, I would put, yo, probably just my girl, Julia Soriano, because she's just, she's just like the shortest, but like best <laughs> rebounder in the league. <laughs> and and, and who's, the, who's the coach? Um, coach is Pappy Charles. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's legit. Yeah. Okay, man. All right. Well, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on here and telling us your whole basketball journey, you know, especially from the woman's side. Is really, it's, it's always good to hear, you know, because it is obviously maybe not as popular as the men's, but it's basically the same journey, you know, the same path that we go through, you know, the struggles and the challenges that come. And I appreciate your time and you coming on here. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people are going to listen to this and It's going to affect them in their lives, you know. So that's why we're doing this in the first place, trying to go back to those who came out of Quebec and and help put Quebec on the map. And obviously, you're one of them. So, you know, so I really appreciate your time on here. Merci. Thank you, guys. Merci d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Comme tu es une Québécoise, même si tu as été à l'école à Ottawa, tu es une Québécoise. Je sais. Je sais. Mes amis Québécoises disent que je ne suis pas Québécoise parce que je ne peux pas chanter du Céline Dion. <rire> non, j'ai fait, fait mes recherches. Là, j'ai vu, oh, elle a jeté une Québec, ok, c'est une Québécoise. Oui, oui, oui. On habite à Chelsea, maintenant, on est encore au Québec. Okay, maintenant, okay. maintenant, même mon mari est Québécois. Oh, ok, nice. That's so, merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Je sais qu'il y a beaucoup de personnes, comme Seth a dit, qui vont regarder euh, l'épisode et qui vont être inspirées par tous les apports que tu as dit. Thank you so much. All right. So everyone listening to our subscribers, don't forget to subscribe and stay tuned for another episode of Paving the Way. <laughs>